Regardless, do you remember the one time it was? It was just after Christmas. You can start pick up the show here because I'll start with a Christmas story. Yeah, we're recording. Uh, and uh, Brandon and I went to some Chinese restaurant in Dundas. The Brandon was huge on. And uh, is that kind of Chan's? Might have been Chan's, yeah. But uh, there's also another place called Golden Palace that he really liked. But. Uh, we're leaving. I was driving. I had just gotten my license like a couple of months ago. And I did like a 180 because I just I took the turn too sharp. No one was around. We went perfectly into another lane. I just said to Brandon, like, you don't say a word of this. <laughs> right? And then we just went on with the night. I think we went to a movie. Uh, and then the next day, Campbell goes, I, I was saying something, Campbell goes, pipe down, 180. <laughs> and and uh, I'm like, You've got some, first of all, first of all, fuck you, Brandon, for being a Yenta. Second of all, fuck you, Campbell, you don't even have a license. <laughs> he's like, ah, I can make fun. Campbell is the worst for that type of stuff. Like, he's not even, maybe I haven't ridden it with him in years, but Oh, he's... breaking news. Baseball news. Good news. Fred McGriff elected into the Hall of Fame. Ah, good for him. Yeah, there we go. Another Blue Jay in the Hall. He'll probably go in with Atlanta, but still. Campbell can never admit when he's like people will chirp his driving and stuff. He's like, actually, I'm quite a good driver. Oh, I know. So he's frustrated. terrible like that. And he's yeah. not. He's always such like a nervous Nelly, and oh. uh, he's just he's the worst. He would tell these stories about like being up on two wheels on a snowbank or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. Then I was like, Campbell, you're an awful driver, and he's like, No, I am not. You're making things up. <laughs> You tell me the story, but you get into some accident. That did not happen. <laughs> that is your imagination. Yeah. And you're like, why would I make up a story about you getting into an accident that you told me? He's like, I don't know how your brain works, Ted. You are so stupid. <laughs> why, Ted? How dare you tell such a bald face lie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a Christmas party. Since this is Canada FM, we are doing a Christmas yeah. episode. Ted had a Christmas party last night. How'd it go? That was a lot of fun. You know, got good and drunk, just like you're supposed to. Uh, the Christmas video that me and my uh, morning show co-host did uh, got what, rave reviews, so that was good. So um, you were oh. telling me about this Friday night when we first tried to record. Like, what was it? Was it like a fundraiser type thing? Or no, was it, like- it was a. It was just to be shown, like for entertainment at the Christmas party, and they want you to get a bunch of people, staff members involved. And, uh, you know, apparently they used to be like 30 minutes long and it was like a major set. It used to be a big thing. Last year it was just two news people going around with microphones going, oh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Uh, right? Like that. So they switched it up this year and I, uh, what's it called? You know, it was a, we're not doing it again next year. I already said that. But, uh, you know, we, we had some fun with it and uh, next it got year- a little wacky. Next year, you should outsource the big gun over here. I'll fly up there. I'll shoot this thing like Spielberg. I'll bring like a hat and a director's chair. And uh, <laughs> Well, the guy who did it, you know, you got to remember, we have a TV station. We shoot all of our own commercials. So we've got a lot of people with film and, uh, you know, directing experience. Fine, Ted. Pop my balloon. Crush my dreams. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Crush your dreams. 
That's what I'm saying. You know, I can always get you a job in that area. Yeah. If you ever do want to come up here, so. Well, I got very little down here going for me, so I might as well. If you just come up, you know, you can probably crash with me for a while, then I'd find you a job. Easy. And it's a lot cheaper to buy a house. That's true. My sister and Sean bought a house today. Oh, yeah? Mazel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured Alex would have told you being all pissed off. <sighs> Where did they uh, get a house? And also, how the hell could they afford it? Because, like, wasn't Sean, like, because of her immigration, I know she's, like, not, she's working, but, like, not. Yeah. Like, wasn't she just um, working in, like, retail or something? No, she was working for Mark's uh, clothing company. She's okay. applied uh, recently uh to actually work uh with the police yeah, she's knew. part of the auxiliary yeah because I, I don't think they're paying or anything no because i know that uh, she didn't have like a degree or something in uh yeah in things, so that was so. hard to get into yeah. so she's oh it's on cameron avenue north okay i saw pictures of it. it looked really nice did uh was this with any help from your folks or her folks or anything or is it just them i don't know i'm assuming it's just them wow good for them yeah well, Sarah works in HR, and HR pays pretty well, from what I understand. Plus, I know we've joked about this before, but isn't Sarah kind of like an old lady these days? Where like her and Sharon don't like go out that much; like they're pretty like low key. Yeah, nah, you know what? No, they'll still do trips. They still do. They spend some money. Okay. They just don't really go to like a bar to drink. Right. So they they spend their money very like strategically. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's a good, uh, a the, best, uh, the best gift you can get right there in this economy. If they can get a house, good for that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It makes it easier now to shop. I had no idea what I was going to get them, but now I'll just get them. I don't know, a barbecue or something. I don't know. Some some sort of help. I thought Sarah was a vegetarian, or does she get off that trip? Ah, oh, that didn't that didn't take. Okay. <laughs> she uh, was a vegetarian for a while, and then when she did her like tour of Europe, actually where she met Sharn. She stopped being a vegetarian because she's like, "Well, I'm going to be in Europe. I want to. I don't want to restrict myself." Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and then uh, especially yeah, over there, like when there's like the the food standards are so much better. There's more like regulation. Everything's fresh. No, uh, all the crap that they put in North America. I mean, we're not great, but we're better than the states. And the states, what's in their food is just like what this side short of arsenic. But uh, oh yeah. But so I mean, yeah. yeah why rob yourself when you're going to get like the freshest cuts of meat? And fish and yeah. all this other stuff and yeah exactly exactly so yeah she didn't uh, rob herself <coughs> but she never went back to being a, a vegetarian uh but yeah you know they got a house so a nice little little thing there um what else do i got no oh, yeah but anyway uh so the christmas party was good little ho 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 watched jingle all the way for the first time yesterday nice watched home alone 2 for the first time today uh, my go-to Home Alone, because no big tarantula is running around in that one. <laughs> and uh, what's it called? Um, I had my first glass eggnog today as well. Nice. So, and we put up the tree today. So getting into the holiday spirit. So far, all I've watched is uh, the Guardians Christmas special and that movie with Anna Kendrick, Noel. Is that any good? It's The best way I can describe it is cute. Uh, because... It's, did you say heat? Cute. Oh, I thought it was heard Bill Hader like, if I see it coming around the corner, I'm going to give give you the old holiday spirit. Oh, <laughs> if I see it coming around that corner, I'm going to throw my mistletoe at you. Because oh. the whole plot is, and I actually, when you think about the social climate these days, and you know how some people get really touchy with like, oh, they're gender swapping this person when they don't need yeah, to. Yeah. So basically the plot is, uh, so her and Bill Hader are the kids of Santa Claus. 
They're Kringles. Okay. And so Bill Hader's uh, like this. They do a backstory when they're kids. He's next in line to take over for Santa. Santa passes away. Bill Hader's. Jeez, that's dark. They don't show it. <laughs> it's this lengthy battle with cancer or something like that. It's just like in the in the in the off season of the holidays, Santa passed away, and Bill Hader's trying to train to be the new Santa Claus. But okay. he doesn't have that holiday twinkle, that spirit that Anna Kendrick has, and so okay, like I'm, you can kind of see where it's going. But like basically, like people are saying she should be the next Santa Claus because she just has that gift, that spirit, that uh, to for bring sure. life to people. And but I thought they did it in a very like least offensive way possible. And even like your 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 bigoted of moviegoers here, like how dare they make Santa female? Yeah. They couldn't be offended by that because Anna Kendrick's too damn likable, and just the the way it was written was very good. And even like uh, Billy Eichner, who I usually can't stand, he was funny in it because see, I think he's funny. I like him. He's annoying. He had that show. He had that show, Billy on the Street, where it was just him doing like person on the street stuff. Yeah, and usually I don't like that style yeah. of humor. But he went like so above and beyond with it. Like he took it so far that I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Like he, what's it called? He went somebody's like, excuse me, five dollars to Sandra Bullock like dogs. The person went, uh, yes, no, you're moron. She hates them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw one the other day on like YouTube or Facebook uh, yeah. where it was like. Who would you rather have sex with, Paul Rudd or uh, Chris Evans? And they're both standing right there, and they didn't realize it. He's like, uh, Paul Rudd. And he's like, well, there you go, Chris. You're ugly. He's <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, so he played a cousin. I think his name was Glenn, who was like in, okay. he's in the tech department. And so because originally the rule says that it's supposed to be the senior like male Kringle. So he's still a Kringle, but he's a cousin. So he was supposed to take over for Santa because Bill Hader has like a meltdown and leaves. And that's that's what furthers the plot. Anna Kendrick has to go uh, find okay. it. Go again. Um, it is a little paint by numbers. Like I can oh, already yeah. pretty much see where this whole movie's oh, going. Hundred yeah. percent. You can you can predict it. Like I mean, it's got a couple of laughs here and there. It's just very sweet, and you'll get diabetes just watching the end of it. But uh, but as is Christmas movies, exactly. you can tolerate that at Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but but his character is so like um, like closed off, and he's like he he te- he. Because he's in the tech department, he's he wants to forego the traditional way and just like send all the Christmas presents by drone. He's like, okay, create the efficiency. What's wrong with you people? And all this stuff. So, uh, that's the first one I've seen this holidays, but I'm gonna watch more this week. Not to derail the Christmas, but I have to ask you since you brought up Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Adam Devine's show Bumper in Berlin? That's a spinoff of his character from. No, I want to uh, see it though. I'm sure it's going to be terrible, but I want to see. It. I, I saw an advert for it, but would it be terrible? Because like the funniest part of those movies is him, yeah. and I'm sitting there watching it. And he's making all those Adam Devine faces yeah. that you love so much. But, you can watch that show on mute, and you'd find it hilarious. <laughs> but the only problem is, like, as the movies went on, because he's only in the first two. I don't even think he's in the third one. And, I didn't see the third. Um, Actually, I didn't see the second one. But like, he kind of after he graduates and he tries to be like a star, and it's not really working out for him. So he kind of gradually is. It's like in the first one when they're making fun of uh, Donald Faison and 
uh, Joel Trujillo when they're like the older. Yeah, he's kind of like he's he's been uh, delegated to that role. I think actually he is in the in that group in the second one. So. <laughs> see his star power kind of. I have a feeling he's either going to be very sad because he realizes just like he's too old to try to be a star, or or it's just going to be ridiculous. One of the two. Yeah, I just like him. Oh, he's yeah, just a he's funny great. guy. Uh, okay, so I guess we're the way we're going. All right, do you want to do Christmas movies and traditions tonight, or do you want to switch gears real quick here to talk about music? Well, we'll, we'll do the the playlist because I think I know you're on a schedule. I got the I'm going to be missing some of the Dallas game, so uh, yeah. I'd say. Oh, also, I don't have to eat the disgusting Buddy the Elf uh, spaghetti on the air uh, tomorrow. My co-host does. I didn't realize he's a Bears fan, so we made we made a bet on today's game between the Packers and the Bears. Oh, okay, and uh, that was the punishment. So there you go. Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. <laughs> Two games again, beating them. Even he beat them hurt this week. There you go. We're having a terrible season, and we still beat the Bears. Um, there you go. So what would have been in this past though, like Pop Tarts? Oh, it's, it's I gotta cook. Actually, when we're done here, one of the reasons that we got to end early is because I gotta cook the spaghetti. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, Pop Tarts and um, syrup, and you know, marshmallows and syrup and caramel and uh, chocolate sauce. And I hope you record this and post it to the your radio. Or we're going to Facebook Live. Yeah. It. yeah. Nice. yeah. All right. Yeah. I so he's he's gotta eat. He's gotta eat with his hands. Ugh. Like like Buddy the Elf does. Yeah. So, yeah, I got to cook the spaghetti. All right. Here's, so. here's what I propose. So today, in this first episode, because we have a couple of weeks of December-type content, and yes, Ted, I will post the VIP episode this week. Because um, I, I, you know, feel like I listen to those terrible albums for nothing. <laughs> um, but I think oh. in, the, in the same vein of some of our totally awesome playlists after our first two seasons and the Summer Jams playlist. I think what we're going to do is we're going to build the ultimate Canadian Christmas playlist first. We'll each pick a couple songs there. We'll go back and forth. Right. And then we'll just kind of throw out some of our favorites, and I will build some fun cover art for the uh, just the general Canada, Canada FM playlist. So, All right. Well, I'm going to dive then into Ted's Holly Jelly Bangers right. for my first one. And seeing as it's all about uh, song placement for you, you can place these wherever you want. I'm just going to throw them out. Let's start off with a Christmas classic. This isn't an original. But uh, the Bare Naked Ladies with Sarah McLaughlin doing God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day. Uh, They make this uh, usually... When it comes to a Christmas song, I much prefer an original song. Yeah, I'll say. To, yeah, to, to just a cover. In fact, uh, I got into it. And that was actually an argument I won about our Christmas music uh, at our radio station. Because I wanted uh, Father Christmas by the Kinks added to our playlist. Yeah. And uh, my boss was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not adding that. He's like, like, do you want it all just to be sped up versions of Jingle Bells? Or do you want something fucking good? Yeah. He's like, all right, I'll add it. Do you want 10 different versions of Mariah Carey? <laughs> well, we're rock stations, so we don't play the Mariah Carey. Well, the, yeah. My Chemical Romance was a cover of All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah, it's true. Okay. So you- uh, what's it called? Uh, but yeah, he was like, this is a fight I don't need to have. He just added it. <laughs> so we have it in our system this year. Um, so yeah, I got, but, but to get back to uh, that, it is so funky. 
Um, Ed and Steve doing their patented trade-off vocals. You yep. get Sarah McLaughlin with her nice harmonies in there too. And it's the Jimmy Cregan bass line that carries the song. Oh yeah, it's awesome. That's uh, that's my first pick for the Canadian list. Because I remember when I first put that on my first ever Christmas list, but I I didn't uh, I didn't have that version. I had this one that they recorded live with Ann Murray. Do you remember that when I drive us around? Yeah. We also had a version that was really, really good that wasn't with Anne Murray or anybody. It was just them doing it. And it was like from some morning radio show or something like that. Uh, it was a standard that they did a lot. Uh, and then, you know, when they kind of embraced the fact like, all right, we're probably not going to get played on rock stations anymore. We're going to be much more adult contemporary. Uh, let's do a Christmas album. So they had needed some Christmas songs. And they threw that on there. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this. That's one thing I love about Christmas songs, like the untraditional stuff that we we're talking about, is that every band, it kind of shows even like the most serious band can have some fun with it. Like like I said, My yeah. Chemical Romance, pretty the epitome of serious, does like all I want for Christmas is you, and like, yeah. it's pretty. And they do a great job. Yeah, with it's it. fantastic. And uh, then you get people who really like flex and write something original, um, or they make it. Uh, like you know, Adam Sandler writing the Hanukkah songs for SNL, like they make it personal. Um, yeah. But my first pick is a cover, but it's it's way better. So do you remember when Band Aid did "Do They Know It's Christmas"? Like the British yeah. artist. So a slew of Canadian and American uh, people got together, but it was created like the the masterminds for that band. I think they're from Toronto or Montreal. Fucked up um okay yeah, yeah I know so they're they were the driving force behind it but they got tegan and sarah uh as okay. ezra caning from uh vampire weekend uh okay. bob mold from husker do andrew oh, wow. andrew wk and now, now we're talking now it's a party uh david cross he sings the bottle part where it gets really high and obnoxious and like uh <laughs> it's so good So that's that's my number one because it's uh, they they have some fun with it like they sing it really well and they're like really like belting it out and it's again it's another charity song so I forget what they were putting yeah. towards so but they did that about ten years ago roughly so that's, okay. that's my first pick. Next, I'm gonna go to uh, one that I'm sure is on your list uh, just because they're one of our favorite Canadian bands and I know this song brought a tear to your eye one year. Uh, Christmas must be tonight by the band. Yeah, tell, tell me, tell us that little story. It's a nice story. I, I don't even remember which time. That song always like makes me very like like. You texted me once, and you're like, uh, you know, I was driving around doing some Christmas shopping, and Christmas must be tonight came on, and I started crying. I didn't expect it. Well, if it was when I was thinking of, it could have been one of the times where like my dad at, at Christmas had a heart attack that almost killed him. Yeah. Or one Christmas when mom was battling cancer. Uh, so it could have been one of the various times Christmas has been ruined for me over the past 10 years. <laughs> it's happened a good few times. You know what? It's it's like that on my family, too. There's a lot of sadness that comes around Christmas. 
and uh, the holidays. But uh, we're out of November. Uh, our uh, family, 11's our unlucky number. Okay. So being out of November is a bit of a relief. And my grandmother always said that, and she passed away on Remembrance Day, 11-11. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, not in 2011, but right. she did pass away on 11-11. Yeah, it's like, you know, that, that's... It's a, one of those weird things. So hopefully we're getting out of that. But uh, and this is an original one written by the band, largely sang by uh, Rick Danko. I think, it's a Danko too. I think that's why. Levon's on it, but pardon me? I think that's why I was, it probably hit me, because for some reason the Danko songs, because he's not as good of a singer as Levon, but he's still very, yeah. he's very good. But it's just like he puts everything he has into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, makes no difference. If you watch that in the wrong mood, oh, yeah. uh, you start crying. Yeah. <laughs> or like in um, in the last waltz when they show stage fright, and that's that's one of his. Yeah. And he's just like the the camera's like right under him, and he's just giving it his all because you know you, he's a good bass player, but he wasn't the strongest singer, and he's just you know making up for it with his passion. And it's a very passionate song, and you know especially too. That was on the Islands album by the band, which was, I mean, for the most part, pretty forgotten if memory serves. Yeah, Islands is not one of their. Uh, I, I think they did their that. most beloved uh, albums. They did that when the band was very fractured because uh, yeah, they were all like that was their last album before they broke up, and then like the you know the bastardized version of the band put out like Moon Dog Matinee like years later and. Uh, no, no, Moondog Matinee or, was part of the original Jericho, lineup. Jericho. And, yeah, uh, Jericho and High on the Hunt right, were yeah. those two, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, well, also, you know what? That also produced a cover of Atlantic City, which is one of yeah, the best I know, covers. right? It's insane. Like, I've ever heard. The band, at their worst, is still better than some of these bands, like, when they're trying their hardest. <laughs> but that was also, like, uh, Robbie Robertson it was kind of tapped out by that point, for the most part. And, yeah. like, Robbie, or, uh, sorry, Rick Danko wrote a song called, like, Streetwalker. I think about like hook okay. on uh, on islands. So, I don't know. They, they were just like the inmates were running the asylum that album. Yeah, but it did produce that Christmas jam. I know you said that uh, you saw Hall and Oates cover it. Yeah, and it's become kind of a Christmas classic, and it's one that gets added to the repertoire that will be covered every single year. But it originates with the band. Yeah, and uh, My Morning Jacket did a very good cover of it. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, I can see them really. Because yeah, if anyone it. could cover, you know, that it's Jim James. He's very good. Yes. Um, All right. Uh, what else got on Christmas is beat night? It's one that we can go off on for a oh, while. No, no that was the the first time I got to play it on the radio myself was when I was at Niagara. Uh, I was doing yeah. a Christmas show, and because it's a longer song, I had to take a massive whiz. So I threw that on. I had to run to the bathroom and come back. And I, I, that's another reason why it's so good. There's actually another version that's a little more stripped down that I believe was a B-side on, uh, or like it just it was a, included as a bonus track on the re-release of I think it was Stage Fright. Okay. That's uh, a little more rock and roll, a lot less uh, keyboard heavy. But I don't know. I think I like the keyboard heavy version better because it's just more. Oh yeah. The emotion of being at the birth of Jesus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it captures it a little bit better. All right, well, we're going to go from a guy who sang way up high to a guy who sings way down low. The first Noel by the Crash Test Dummies. No.
which uh, I don't know what it is, Brian, but when we had a few drinks when we tried to record this the other night, yeah. I went to bed and I, I, when I get drunk, I like to listen to music. Yeah. And uh, Brent's like, did you say something? I'm like, oh, I think I'm just singing. <laughs> she goes, what are you listening to? Like, Crash Test Dummies. For some reason, they're like my go-to when I'm drunk. I just like uh, Brad's voice, that deep, oh, well, no, well. I was singing around my house when I was a kid, and my aunt goes up to me. She goes, Teddy, you sound like the guy from the Crash Test Dummies. My mom goes, I know. Isn't he wonderful? My aunt goes, I didn't mean that as a compliment. (laughs) But I really really love that song just because I love that like almost death metal deep vo- voice is. Oh, I know. It just it, it's so weird singing a song like the first Noel, but it works. The amount of times I have tried to sing that song and like you know you know me like if I was to sing I'm probably like a soprano. I could do like Bee Gees covers. Uh, <laughs> but like whenever I I would honestly break my vocal cords and then I'd have like a squeaky voice the yeah. rest of my life if I tried to sing that song. Like every time I do, I'll sing it in the car when I'm when I got my Christmas playlist going, and I can like feel it in my throat afterwards. Oh, yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> I can start like, oh, but I can't maintain it. Yeah. Also, I hate looking at myself when I do it because the double chin gets bad. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. But then you get uh, Elaine Reed uh, or Ellen Reed. I can't remember which one it is. I think it's Ellen, yeah. uh, the keyboard player who comes in with her nice, uh, hot, much higher pitched voice. And then at the end, they sing it together, which is always nice. So, uh, yeah, I really like that version of it. I think the video is funny where the rest of the band's like r- ripping open presents on Christmas morning. And he's like, now calm down there, kids. Let's remember the true meaning of Christmas. All right. Yeah. Since you skipped me, so I'm going to go two in a row. I thought I was just going to rattle off cocaine. Okay, fine. You go. You- uh, you, 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 let, me, let me give some people some insight here. Brian, will some years make between five and ten Christmas playlists, okay? I make one that lasts me several years that I will update, all right? You have an endless supply of Christmas songs at your disposal, all right? You love these Christmas songs. So the reason I didn't go back to you is because we're going to go back and forth for like three and then you're just going to keep listing them. No, no, I was I was going to do... There's probably going to be a lot of stuff I haven't heard before. Uh, I thought we were just going to do like three to five each, but uh, I, I was oh, going okay. to keep rattling off. Like, I mean, at the end, I might rattle off some like ones for like when we build the other playlist, but... Uh, okay. No, I was... Well, in that case, in that case I, I, you, you could do two because I, uh, I did two in a row. I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, get yourself together. I got caught in my throat. Um, <sighs> so I'm going to do uh, White Christmas by Doug and the Slugs. Okay. Just 
standard cover, but they do it in their very like new wavy kind of sound, and uh, it's fun. It gets you up and it gets you exactly. dancing. It's nothing, uh, nothing yeah. more to say about it, just that it's fun, and it's uh, Bing Crosby can suck it. <laughs> well, he was a terrible man. <laughs> Beating his kids with a bag of oranges. <laughs> Only a bruise and they'll let you know who's boss. <laughs> I know it's horrible. It's only funny because I have the cigar in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> Big Crosby was more of a pipe guy. If you want to do it yeah. uh, a little bit more accurate, uh. <laughs> well, I'm going to need Brent to fly down from Florida with his pipes or fly up. I don't think he has those pipes anymore since he quit smoking. That's true. All right, my my yeah. other one just to make it even at three is uh, it's called Christmas at My House by the Dirty Nil. Okay, I like the Dirty Nil. Uh, I like their song. Uh, local Boys. Their song, I'm Done With Drugs, came on my uh, You Might Like one year. And I was like, yeah, I do like this. <laughs> I've been listening to it quite a bit. I like that song. Uh, nothing. It's just, uh, you know, it's another uh, original, which is always nice. And it's just uh, about people getting together. And uh, they just to show how local these guys are, I don't know if the Big B uh, convenience store franchise is a thing outside of Hamilton. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if they have them in Toronto, but... They wrote a new song called Goodbye Big B because I think they moved out of their neighborhood and uh, it's all about like the Big B convenience store that was right by them. And yeah. just to show like their local, like, to quote John Candy, they're proud of their town. That's a damn rare thing these days. In planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when they get in the cab, yeah, right? It's, it's, uh, yeah. Well, the guy who played Kramer on uh, Seinfeld. Right? Not Michael Richards, the guy who played Kramer on the show within the on, on Jerry. That yeah. was it. Yeah. All right. I will. Vol- All right. My next you, one. Sir. Well, I think this might be the last Canadian one I have. Goldfinger doesn't count as Canadian, right? I guess since uh, Dangerous Darren left the band. It, it wouldn't no. count okay. anyway. Yeah, I guess you. Because he's not Canadian. He lived in Canada for a long time. He's not yeah, Canadian. Plus, he doesn't write any of the songs. If if John Feldman lived in Canada for a hot minute, maybe. But uh... there was a period though where, like Goldfinger, when he was working for the Edge, I don't know if they relocated to Toronto, but they were doing a ton of shows in Canada. Yeah, like a lot of like big festivals, like where like they were like one of the only American bands. All right, uh, I'm going to switch gears, something a little bit different here. Maybe you don't know this song. But I'm going with Calling Calling to Say by Serena Ryder. I'm just calling to say Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas, baby. I'm just calling to say Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas, baby. A very nice, upbeat, bouncy Christmas song. Um We've played it just about every radio station I've worked at. Um, and it's just about, you know, trying to get that uh, little hookup with all the people coming back to town for Christmas. And she's uh, she's nervous that this guy that she likes, uh, you know, got together with some other chick or something like that. And it's, you know, it's a good tune. I like it. I'll check that out. I'll add to my list. And I just wanted to say Merry Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas, baby. It's a good tune. Yeah. All right. Uh, my next one. And uh, we talked about this um, uh-huh. uh, when we did the Payola's episode, Christmas is Coming. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, that was a weird one because they dropped that Christmas tune in the middle yeah. of this non-Christmas album. <laughs> so it was a little bit jarring. And I've always found that weird when bands do that. Like, if it's the greatest hits, I get it. Yeah. If it's the last track or a secret track on the album, I get that. Yeah. But it's just a little jarring just to have this Christmas song sitting in the middle of things. But I remember saying back when we did the episode, it's a good song on its own. And yeah. you were like, oh, you best believe it's going to be added to my mixes. <laughs> yeah. Quote Joker, I'm a man of my word. Yeah, well, you, 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 there you go. I trust it's there. Uh, yeah, that's a good, a good new wavy Christmas tune. Uh, that seemed to be the thing back in the 80s. Every new wave band had a, uh, had a Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. And All right, then, so there's our oh you got you got one more because I did four. I don't have any others. Well, I'm not gonna add them to my like official Christmas list, but uh, <laughs> it's not my official Christmas list. No, not no. good enough to make the count the no, cut. I'm just saying. Uh, so if if you're looking for like you anyone in particular, there's uh there's a singer. I don't know if it's the band or the singer singer name, uh, Dragonette. I think she's Canadian. Yeah, her dragonette. Uh, yeah. They have one called Merry Christmas says your text message. Uh, Mother, Mother, do a very sad one called Cry Christmas. Uh, uh, oh, you're going to like this. <laughs> Did you ever hear uh, the e- or not, sorry, not Eagles, the BTO do their Christmas song? Uh, yeah, take care of Christmas. <laughs> it's literally, they just, it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, I've heard, I've, I've heard it. It's, I can't listen past the first chord or the first verse. I'm like, oh, this is terrible, but it's on my list. It's, funny. <laughs> it's like uh, in one of my favorite Christmas movies is, uh, I mean, it's so sappy, but it's also very funny because I love British humor is uh, Love yeah. Actually. Yeah, I like a lot. I, I watch that every year. Yeah, me too. And I love yeah. where the guy's singing the song, Love is All Around Us. And he's just I like, Bill Nighy, yeah. yeah, and he's just like, but I'm so used to the old version. And the guy's like, yep. And it sold well. That's why we're making the new version. <laughs> like, like, this is shit, isn't it? He's like, solid gold shit, maestro. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Randy Bachman was probably in the booth. He's like, this is shit, right? Yeah, um, I don't think he cares. Oh, I know. He's a big old man. He looks like <laughs> Santa Claus. So he might as well put out a Santa Claus-related song. Oh, here's here's actually two ones that I will actually like add to the official list. The official Brian thumbs up picks. Uh, your boy Hoxley Work- Workman has one called uh, Indie Rock Christmas. Brian, you know what to do. Oh, I'm dropping it right now. We'll reach us and we'll see us. You know what to do. There we go. <laughs> um, ah, love that. Doesn't get doesn't get old. <laughs> uh, Bahamas has a good one called uh, Christmas Highway. Those two I really like. And um, Classified has one called The Bells Are Ringing. That was a nice little hip-hop one. Oh, uh, nice. Okay. I'll have to check that one out. And uh, there's a few other ones. The Elwins have one. And then there's uh, Jack Soul has one called uh, uh, Can't Wait Till Christmas. But it's literally a, t- a traditional Jack Soul song. It's just literally just about Christmas. It's nothing different. It could have oh, it's just like – It could have fit into – it's like uh, when – uh, Payola's just dropped it into a non-Christmas album. They could have so done that. No yeah. one noticed. Um, so this is this is Christmas smush music. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, Blue Rodeo. Songs to get your candy cane <laughs> Blue Rodeo uh, has a cover of uh, Oh Come All You Christmas album. Do they? 
Yeah, I mentioned the show. I said I'm not going to be reviewing this album because it's August, and I do not want to talk about Christmas yet. All right. <laughs> well, that was just one of the first Blue Rodeo Christmas songs that I picked up. Anyway, okay. Uh, Sloan does a version of Twelve Days of Christmas. Um, okay, I don't know why I want to bring this up now. So many of these are standards. Yeah, yeah. What is the best version of the Twelve Days of Christmas you've ever heard? Oh hell, I don't know. Okay, mine's gonna sound ridiculous, but just because it was, was so weird. Do you remember that show Drake and Josh? <laughs> Vaguely. I know you and your brother seem to love it. Because, you know, the reason we loved it was because uh, it was like the first show that came out. And granted, it's a kid's show. Yeah. But it reminded me of like Boy Meets World or like okay. one of those old TGIF shows. Like this show could have easily just been a TGIF show. Right. And we would have watched it growing up. Like it, it's that kind of formula. Okay. Right. And uh, of course, you know. Josh is a good guy, but Drake turned out to be a weirdo creep. Um, <laughs> was he the fat guy? No, no, no. He, uh, well, sorry. Josh is the fat guy, but now he's a skinny guy. Right. And he lost weight during the show. He never put it back on. Yeah, okay. put it back on. That's not easy to do for a guy who lost a lot of weight and then put it all back on. <laughs> Shame. Um, uh, what's it called? No, Drake was like the handsome guy on the show, like the teen heartthrob. Okay. And then uh, apparently he was texting with some like 14-year-old yeah. or something that sent her a bunch of pics of his junk or I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, and they hate each other now too. Yeah, I heard because when uh... – <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't when he, there was some drama a few years ago because the one guy got married and didn't invite his co former co star. Yeah, but he didn't. No, it was when Josh got married, he didn't invite Drake, and the Drake started like trashing him in the media. And there was a reason why they didn't invite him, and they had to go over. Yeah, it was a it was a whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> back to it. So they have this weird Christmas. Like, do you remember Kimbo Slice, that UFC fighter who passed away? He was like a street fighter. That they, yeah, yeah, he's in it. He plays Santa Claus. Like, it's a weird, weird, weird Christmas special. So, like any Christmas special uh, worth its weight in gold, Drake and Josh, somehow they get attached to a group of orphans. That seems to be the uh, stable. <laughs> but uh, and they all got a little quirk. But one of the orphans, his quirk is that he doesn't speak English. He doesn't speak any language. He just says one thing. He just goes, <laughs> That's how he talks. So they do the – I can't remember why. They're trying to cheer someone up. So, you know, Drake Bell leads this pop-punk version of the 12 Days of Christmas, but all the orphans have a line in it. Right. And so that guy's like – just like on the like sixth day of Christmas, which you're looking to me, he just goes, flee, flabby, flooby. <laughs> but then he does it throughout the entire song. So, like, he has, like, an early number. So that whenever they have to count it back, he's always, flee, flabby, flooby. Oh and God. so now when I sing the 12 Days of Christmas, I always throw in a flea flabby foobie <laughs> down to that little kid. But for whatever reason, that stuck with me as being funny. I don't know. Oh, God. And uh, <laughs> anyway, on that note, uh, I'll close off the Canadian uh, list. The Arkells have a Christmas song. Um, and there's one uh, by Ron Sexsmith uh, called Maybe This Christmas. It's, it was featured in the episode, the first Christmas episode of the O.C., the uh okay. Christmaca. Um yes. there's a scene where Ryan and Marissa are walking through the mall and just kind of like looking at stuff and they're they're playing that song. So it's nice to get the the Canadian fella some uh yeah. some uh some love down south. So that's that's a nice little one. But there's there's a whole pl- I mean, you can throw a rock and find a Christmas song for you. I'm sure there's a bunch of like metal bands that do them and 
Uh, oh, yeah. I remember we had that Twisted Sister Christmas covers album when we worked at uh, Mind Games that uh, Smelly Sean brought in. <laughs> and uh, I never played it because I, I didn't even want to play Christmas music when I was there. I'm like, I got some Christmas tunes on my iPod. If one of them plays, one of them plays. Yeah. But we're not going to go 100% Christmas. And I was like, steadfast, like, you changed this. I'm leaving. <laughs> the only thing that gets me through my shift is my music. Well, so. when I worked at Mind Games, they kept changing my music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you had the unfortunate task of being redirected to the Burlington store, yeah. where you had to work with Ray and Sasan every single day. Yeah. They were so caught up with the Burlington store, and we never saw them at Christmas time. It was great. I know. You guys got lucky. Yeah. And then when I moved to Hamilton, or back to the Hamilton store, the that Hossein guy, they're like, Brian, your music is too busy. It's not good for the consumers. I was like, fuck off. No, he didn't say it wasn't good for the consumers. He didn't like your music. He said it was too busy. <laughs> and I was playing something. He said that when I was playing something that he really liked. I can't remember what it was. We have He's like, Brian's music is too busy. Yeah. We have, like, the exact same taste of music. I know. Like, that's why I thought it was funny. Like, he probably caught, like, he probably had something alternative and very, like, top 40 that just happened to come on, whereas, like... I think it was, whatever it was, I think it was pretty mellow. Yeah. And he liked it, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> music's too busy. <laughs> but it wasn't, like, it was, it was upsetting the consumer. I made, like, a lot of friends with my playlists. I remember I was playing a Hepcat and some old lady who was, she was, she, not old lady, she was, like, in her 40s or 50s, but she was talking about this band called uh, One. That was a ska band from Toronto and uh, just going off how good one is. And uh, Hepcat reminded her of uh, one. So she told me to check them out. And I couldn't find anything. <laughs> I found them on, like a compilation. I was like, all right, can't download this. All right. They left no footprint. <laughs> so, but I, I did remember them just in case they show up on Spotify because stuff seems to get updated on Spotify. Uh, all the old uh, Dusty Roads of the River Band albums are now on Spotify. Oh, sweet. Which made me very happy. Yeah. I was looking at those. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, got, it got me through the day. I remember having to run from one end of the store to the other because uh, to try to get uh, change a song before the F word came up. But, uh, oh, I didn't make it. Yeah, I tried for about five minutes and I stopped giving a shit. It's life. <laughs> Deal with yeah. it. People curse. Yeah. All right. So do you want to move on to – now, how is this going to go? Is this going to be like our five all-timers? No, it could just be like five not Canadian ones that you like. Or you can just throw like some – Really goofy ones in there, or or you can throw like okay. classics. It can be whatever you want. Well, I will refer once again to Ted's Holly Jolly Bangers. <laughs> and actually, I'm going to start with one that I introduced you to that I really, really love. It's uh, a, a Scott Christmas song. It's only a couple of years old. It's by a band called Bite Me Bambi. Yeah, actually, uh, if you remember, Say Ferris, their trombone player, T Bone Willie, he's in this band. Yeah. Uh, but he's like 50 and the rest of the band people are like late twenties, early thirties. <laughs> so he's, he, he stands out. But then the English people were like that. Their saxophone player, Saxa was in his fifties when they first broke and they were all like in their thirties and stuff. Well, it's like by the time we saw the specials, like, uh, a uh, couple like, uh, Jerry Danvers had long left. So like the guy that played keyboards for him, looked like he was like 25. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Playing away while everyone else is like, hey, we'll try to run around stage, but we're not as uh, yeah. And we found it weird back then because, you know, we listened to bands that, like, we at least we thought formed in high school. They were all friends. Yeah. They jammed after school and got a record deal, you know. That's not how the music industry works. Not even a little. But 
This song, Holiday Cheer, is super upbeat. It basically touches on every single Christmas cliche you can think of. Just take a sip from this festive cup. Forget your cares, you're all elfed up. All elfed up. So pass me some more of that holiday cheer. That holiday cheer, that holiday cheer. Pass me some more of that holiday cheer. Let's all go get You're going to be ready to... To get drunk around the Christmas tree after you hear this one, uh, I'm a very big fan. So that gets uh, that's my new contribution to the playlist this year. Because right. everything else I've gotten here, you've probably heard of before. Right. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to start. I'm moving across the pond to England. Actually, the first three are all English. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, the Manic Street Preachers, the Ghost of Christmas. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've played that one for you, but... Uh, I know the Manic Street Preachers. I just don't know if I know that it's, one. I think it was a more uh, recent one within the last 10 years when they, like, reformed after their lead singer, like, disappeared in, like, very bizarre yeah. circumstances. Because they reference, like, uh, Xboxes and stuff like that. But it's, uh, it's very driving. It's, it's almost like that... Um, the guitar riff almost has like a higher ground feel. It's like da, 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 da. so it's a little bit funky, yeah, but it's like a it's like a new wave like um, new wave punk kind of thing. But there's, okay, there's, uh, you know, in the many times you and I have talked about non ska bands that use horns, there's a great uh, like you could have learned this in high school. Like this, the the do a sax solo that just like rips. Oh, nice! Uh, so I love that. Cool. One. All right, we will go for the Manic Street Preachers too. Uh... I've already gone off wax and poetic on uh, the kinks, Father Christmas. I'll give you this one then. Uh, the Season's Upon Us by oh, yeah. Dropkick Murphys. The season's upon us, it's that time of year. Brandy and eggnog, there's plenty There's lights on the trees and there's wreaths to be hung. There's mischief and mayhem and songs to be sung. They call this Christmas. I'm taking this one just because it's it's very funny. Because yeah. yes, it is your stereotypical Boston miserable Christmas, but he's he's going off on his family. And there's a line where he talks about his dad. And he's like, he just sits there drinking whiskey with my miserable dog. And then he rags on his dog for like three minutes. He's like, he doesn't play fetch and he tries to hump my leg. I like everything else is, is kind of like stereotypical. Then when they get to the family dog, you're like, oh my God, they hate everything. Because yeah. the thing is, it's like my family is not that dysfunctional, but like my mom has is was one of nine, right? Uh, there, yeah. I think her grandfather was from Scotland. Uh, so pretty far connected so it's not like they're all like irish or scottish immigrants right off the boat or anything but it's like uh, like my my family's always one person is always mad at someone so like the butt like we're yeah. talking about the mom poking the poking and prodding and stuff and like 
the the whispers come from the kitchen like all that stuff's very relatable with my family yeah and <laughs> it takes like and my brother brought home another big broad <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, we're we're a little bit more functional than what's laid out in that song, but it's yeah, it's very funny. And the, the video, like, even if you don't like the song, just watch the video because you got his like nephews whizzing in stockings and hucking like snowballs out of Santa, knocking them off the roof. They, they got uh, they got the local like uh, preacher. Who's coming over for poker? Who's using like the collection funds as his gambling money? So it's just degenerates. <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. All right, uh, what do you got okay, next? So my next one is uh, this uh, another kind of uh, pop punk, like post new wave, because I think they were in like the two thousands, twenty tens. They're called the Future Heads. Uh, they have a song called "Christmas Was Better in the Eighties." Okay. It's very good. Uh, it's basically just, even though they're all like not much older than us, they're only like maybe like, I think the lead singer is like 45, maybe. So, like, yeah, they had a bit of memories from the 80s, but not that much. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's very good. It's it's another like pop punk post new wave kind of thing. It's very catchy. Uh, is it just like they just going off on nostalgia? Yeah. Just, it's like the, yeah. it's like, there's a line where it's like the snow was higher in the eighties and like, this just, everything was like, just like the gifts that you got were better and just everything. Actually. Yeah. You know what? Because well, some of these songs leads into tangents. Did you catch the movie last year that came out uh, with Neil Patrick Harris, the eight bit Christmas? No, I saw wanting a, a Nintendo. No, I saw, I think I saw something like as like a recommended on one of the streaming services. I might check that out. You know, I thought it fell apart at the end. Okay. And this is a Christmas movie. You, you kind of want your Christmas movies to be cliche. Right. You know what I mean? You kind of want it to everything to be wrapped up in a nice little package. Sure. This movie took a, a bit of a turn at the end. And I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> I was waiting. I want the kid to get his. Uh, can I spoil it a little bit for you? Yeah, go for it. I'm not watching it probably. Like, I wanted the kid to get his fucking Nintendo. That's what I wanted. Right. And at the end, he doesn't get it. That's lame. His dad, like, redoes his treehouse for him instead. And it's like, hey, hard work. You be outdoors. And then you're also led to believe that the whole movie, that because uh, his parents are played by Steve Zahn and uh, June Diane Raphael, Paul Shearer's wife. Okay. From, uh, you ever listen to the podcast, How Did This Get Made? Yeah. Yeah, she's on that. Um, so they play his parents. You are led to believe at the beginning of the movie that they're both still alive. And then, like, they sit down for dinner. They're like, oh, too bad dad's dead. And I was like, what the fuck? Why? He's dead? Like, I'm like, oh, why is he dead? And it's just, it's confusing that the person you think is Neil Patrick Harris's wife is actually his sister and he's getting divorced. And, like, it's, it's, you find her all this in, like, the span of, like, five seconds. That's so weird. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I just wanted to end happy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all so, part of the end. 
Sometimes they kind of do ones like that. Like one movie that always hits home for me and my mom and I always watch it together is The Family Stone. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I didn't like that one either. Boo. Oh, you know what it should have been called? Christmas Wife Swap. That's what it should have been called. I know that part was weird, but... Uh... It's really weird. And then they all get together next Christmas and they all switch partners. Well, first of all, the 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 one that, I don't think any of them were actually married. I think there was like the one guy was trying to get engaged and I forget what the other one was. Alright, but like but because because the Sarah John Jessica Parker is dating is with Dermot Mulrooney. Right. Okay, now look see if I got this right. Yeah. At the end of the movie, she's with Luke Wilson. Yeah. And her sister, Claire Danes, is with Dermot Mulrooney. Yeah. And then Rachel McAdams shacks up with Paul right. Schneider, formerly of Parks and Rec. Right. Who's the EMT. Yeah. Um, I guess the dad gets a new partner because Diane Keaton dies in well, between. I'm pretty sure he just stays single. I don't know. He, he's single. There you go. His relationship status changed. I'm trying to do some dark humor here. It's not working. But uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway. leave anything out. Uh, well, the, the so they, they introduced Claire Danes like halfway through the movie. Yeah, and he's like, I like your sister. She's cute." But you know, it just goes to it goes to show, right? In the courtship process, no matter how much you think this person is the is right, you know, it's like they say, there's always someone better suited for you. Plus, Luke Wilson. Was such a, like a screw up like uh, stoner that he was like the a good polar opposite. You know they say opposites attract, and uh, whereas like just Sarah Jessica Parker was that like type A like New York busy person where it's, like she kind of he kind of chilled her out a little bit, made her like more more of a human, not just such like a workaholic. So those and things she her character is also quite unlikable in that movie at the start. Yeah. And then she's, she's like, you feel to... for a little bit. Like she, she's not getting accepted by this family, but at the same time, she's, she's also just kind of an ass. Well, I think that she's trying, but she's almost like putting on, like she's trying too hard and like just yeah. putting out of her depth. Um, yeah, I, I can see that a little bit. I'll, I'll take that back about her. But anyway, the whole point I'm saying is because of Diane Keaton's cancer diagnosis, and like I told you, my mom yeah. had battled cancer around the holidays and stuff, so that hits. Like, sure, yeah, that hits, and that's why we always. Oh shit! There goes my phone. Um, that's why we always watch it together. Okay. Uh, I don't know whose pick we were on when we went on this. Tangent, Mine. But, uh, you just went off of that Christmas in the '80s song, right? But before we do that, the other thing too is. The Christmas movies, I mean, look at the friggin' Hallmark Channel and, like, how many stupid movies where it's always, like, I checked up on my mom today, on uh, Saturday, when she was, uh, she was just laying there recovering. She had a Christmas Hallmark bullshit on, and I'm like, what are you watching? Yeah. She's like, oh, some movie where it's always some girl named Cindy, and she's coming yeah. back to her hometown. <laughs> it's like, even she knows they're all the stupidest, like... It's, it's the same plot. My mother-in-law, I think, watches about... She watched 10 of them before November was even up. Oh, my God. Because they're always on TV. Like, because they have regular cable, right? Right. And so they're just, they're always on, like, the Slice Network or something like that. They just play them on loop. Or Lifetime or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So sometimes you just want something on its background, and yeah. well, that's good, wholesome background. I do remember when I was in Perry Sound. They used to shoot those all the time in Perry Sound. Oh, yeah? And, uh, oh, yeah, all of them. And one year they shot one. I can't remember who was in it. But um, what's it called? 
it uh it was weird because it was like April or March. And for like three days, downtown was covered in like wreaths and garland, and it was Christmas again. That was weird. And then it was all gone. Well, like, uh, a couple years ago, I almost had a job. I think I told you this uh, as like a third AD on a on a Christmas TV movie with Kevin Sorbo. Oh Jesus! And uh, this was I didn't get the gig, but because I didn't really have any like assistant director experience, so it would have been like. Mm. Because uh, literally, I walked in like mid shoot. Like I think they, someone must have got quit or left or got fired or something. But uh, it seemed like they were like really gearing up. They're like need someone who can be on the ball. But I'm like walking in there. It's like the middle of the summer. I'm sweating my friggin' sack off, and they're trying to pass it off like it's like Christmas and nobody cares Minnesota. You know what I mean? God, he's probably blessing in disguise. You didn't get that snoring sorbo. You would have woken you all up at five a.m. for morning mass. Well, I actually I watched an interview with him on um, there's this businessman. His name is Patrick Bet David, who has people of all walks of life, businessmen, whoever they want. They did like a two hour thing about the Kennedy assassination. They interview all sorts of people and they had him on promoting some book mm-hmm. or something. And he said he, he's like, you know, yes, I am a strong Christian and stuff. And he's like, I would never I'd never preach to anybody on set. If somebody came up to me saying, I know you're a Christian, can I talk to you about it? He'd say, absolutely. But he never once, according to him, this is by his whatever, saying you never tried to yeah. convert anyone, which I think is admirable. It's not like other well, people I know. It's, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make him as bad as like a Kirk Cameron, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, whether you like it or not, he's, he's coming at you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Wasn't yeah, that why you he... want to hear it or not? Wasn't that part of the reason why he like he he thought all of his co-stars on Growing Pains were like heathens, and so he distanced himself. Yeah, well, he got to that level, and we'll see how much of this we want to keep because we try not to keep in politics or religion. Oh, I know. But he got to that level of Christianity where it was no longer enough that you're just a good person and you know you're taking care of you and you're taking care of your family. Right. You're gonna get in. It's that you're to heaven. Yeah. Um, it, that's no longer good enough. Yeah. Now you have to convert as many people as you can, or you're yeah. not doing your job spreading the word of God, uh, and you're not going to get in. And we know people who've I have, fallen into that. I have family. So, like that. yeah, you got family members who've fallen into that. Yeah. So that is the level of Christianity where Kirk Cameron is. Yeah. And very homophobic too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway, the less said about Kirk Cameron, the better. Rory Pains is one hell of a show, but he's a he's a piece of shit. But uh, anyway, it's your pick. Anyway, all right, yeah, it's my turn. All right, so uh, you know I'm a big fan of the old soul and R and B, right? And uh, I gotta give uh, a, an artist more of a shout out, and that'd be a Darlene Love, the queen, the original queen oh, yeah. of Christmas before Mariah Carey came along. Yeah. So, like, her definitive song is Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, right. which is, is such a great song. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, was, it was produced by Phil Spector. It appeared on the, the big uh, Christmas album that he put out, which was the only Christmas album to crack Rolling Stone's 500 um, albums of all time, this little Christmas compilation Phil Spector put out. Uh, it was featured on there. And uh, it just became an absolute classic. But she became the Christmas queen. And in a reference to... Uh, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. She was cast as Danny Glover's wife in Lethal Weapon, 
which I always shocks me why Die Hard is considered to be the like, oh, is it a Christmas movie? But no one ever mentions Lethal Weapon. Yeah, it was funny. I've brought that up to people. No one ever's like, yeah, I've never seen Lethal Weapon. Or it's like, oh, and they just kind of like the, the argument just dies. Well, the argument I heard with people is that Die Hard is the better movie between the two. And that's why uh, it, the Die Hard is that jumping off point. Right. Because there is other movies, like all those Shane Black movies, that's like his thing, is that he based movies at Christmas. Yeah, Iron Man uh, 3 is too. Iron Man 3, uh, what's it called? Yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, The Nice Guys, you know. I wasn't, uh, uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight, that was a Shane Black Christmas one. Um, what's it called? LA Confidential, not a Shane Black, but still. Gritty crime movie takes place at Christmas. Right. Um, with all that said, uh, what's it called? The argument I've heard in favor of Die Hard was that Die Hard's just the best one out of those action ones. And that's right. why that's always used as the standard. That's fair. But regardless, she was cast as Danny Glover's wife in Lethal Weapon as a nod to her. Uh, it being a Christmas movie and her singing the big Christmas movie, Please Come Home. But for the movie Home Alone 2, they asked her to do a different song called All Alone on Christmas. Right. Which is when he first gets to New York, she's like, nobody wants to be all alone on Christmas. And I Almost like that one better yeah and yeah, uh another sax solo that rips it's got that's uh, clarence is that clarence that's wow. clarence yeah yeah they recruited him for that track and uh it's 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 a great song and uh she, she did they asked her when she recorded it like can you record us the next baby please come home and she was like well i can't do that because that was like lightning in a bottle but i'll try yeah and she had that and it like did become a hit buster but it gets played every christmas it's yeah. in a ton of movies and uh, i really like that so i'll say anything by darling love but particularly all alone on christmas or christmas baby please come. That's fair. That's great. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to top that one. Um, but this this is more like the cynical uh, Christmas. It's although oddly enough, sticking keeping it in England. Uh, it's Kate Nash. You know how much I love my Kate Nash. Um, yes. She has one called "I Hate You This Christmas" because it's all about. Uh, <laughs> it's all about her like it's a couple of things and this is one of the things that you know christmas can be very polarizing especially these days with like i mean covid just knocked everyone into the ground but uh christmas can be very isolating if you're single or if you don't have much family or if they passed away uh or you know what i mean so you got to make new family elsewhere to try to like you know jump yeah past so you're, like, uh so no one should be alone i mean people are unfortunately but uh, so there's parts in that song where she talks about like coming home and seeing all the Christmas lights. I've never felt more alone. But the main part of the song is uh, she makes she's she's coming out of a Christmas party and she makes the wrong turn coming out of like this pub and sees uh, basically her boyfriend just going to town on her best friend. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> that sound, well, that's my best friend, and you're going down. It's Christmas once again, but. Fucking one of my friends will hurt her cat. 
and, uh, she, 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 she weaves quite the yarn, that K9. Yeah, and it's just, uh, and it's very crass, and, uh, <laughs> but very good. It's just, and it's, but it's, I think it's a very relatable song because also, you know, Christmas is a time where a lot of kids come home from college and stuff, and, you know, they're having all these new experiences and meeting new people, and, you know, it's like, did you bang someone else while you were away? You know, a lot of people break up with their high school girlfriends when they first come. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's always a cliche thing. And so a lot of people can relate to like holiday breakups and things like that. Yeah. But in, and the sadness does get tougher uh, during the holidays because it's supposed to be a happy time. Right. And you're trained to think it's a happy time. And when it's not a happy time, that's beyond your control. The sadness can be even tougher to, Tougher to take. Right. So there's my little words of wisdom there. Uh, let's see. Should I throw another one out? Yeah, we got about 15 minutes left on this. Yeah. Because I got to go up and do some stuff. Yep. I'll throw you another one. Let's see what we got here in the old banks. Oh, how about this? This is actually a fun one. So this is uh, Oi to the World by No Doubt, originally by The Descendants. But yeah. I prefer the No Doubt version. Yeah. Because the. Uh, just be. No, you got it wrong. It's the Vandals, not the Descendants. Vandals. That was it. The Vandals. I'm sorry. Yeah, the Vandals. But yeah, that's a great song about uh, you know unity over racism, yeah. and uh, at the holidays, and uh, of course, you know that was the original idea when. Uh, Oh, it's called the Vandals do because the Vandals can take a very like uh, they do a very Vandals are almost like punk rock's Randy Newman, <laughs> where they can really walk a line of satire. Right, like they've got a couple of songs about like holiday and racism and like the Holocaust and stuff yeah. like that. Where if you listen to it at the wrong time or don't have the context right. of this is a satirical band. You might think that they're like some white power band right. and be you know very turned off by them. Sure. But they're very much like Randy Newman in that sense, where they're not afraid to go at tough conversation pieces with a little bit of humor. Right. And Oi to the World was was one of those. You know, it's about a, literally a battle between a band fronted by an East Indian guy and a bunch of Nazi skinheads. And at the end they all become friends. Right. Um uh, so the, every year they release now I don't know if you heard the his episode of Krista makes a podcast, but he had the lead singer of the Vandals on. Uh, I I don't think I did. Okay. Well, he told a bit of a story about it. That I thought was kind of funny. Uh, so no doubt had been covering that song for a while. And they got asked to appear on uh, this compilation that was put out every year called the very special Christmas, right. uh, which was done to benefit the special Olympics. Um, which were founded by um, Eunice Shriver. So Maria Shriver's mom, and I believe she was Kennedy's daughter, I think. Maria Shriver. Or Kennedy's sister. She was JFK's sister. Yeah. Yeah, she's JFK's sister. She founded the Special Olympics. And then her son, Robert Kennedy uh, Jr. And I think you know, he would have been right. Robert Kennedy's son. So he was the nephew. So he was like running the compilation end of it, right? So no doubt they got asked to be on the compilation because they were like the biggest band in the world at the time. And they told after they said, they called up the guy from the Vandals after they submitted it without his permission going, hey, I hope it's okay. Uh, We submitted your uh, song for this Christmas compilation with money going to the Special Olympics. He was like, 
holy shit, yes, because he was thinking, this thing is going to get played like gangbusters. They selected it to be like one of the singles from the compilation. Like he thought they were going to make so much money. And he got a call from Robert Kennedy Jr. himself to invite him like out to lunch. He's like, this is where I'm going to get my check. And that's where he had to tell him that 100% of the proceeds from this song, from this, <laughs> including replays, including everything for the rest of time, are all going towards the Special Olympics. Nice. And he was like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> that's fine. Like, he, you know, he's a charitable guy at the end of the day. Right. But he was just so, ah, uh, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> like one of those things like you can say no to the Special Olympics, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, so that's the, that. I thought that was a funny story. Oh, that's hilarious! Because yeah. I mean, when they as soon as they said Special Olympics, like obviously you think that it would be a charity thing. So it's like I don't know why he maybe he misheard or they did a poor communication of it. But well, I think he thought. A portion, maybe, of the proceeds would go to the Special Olympics, but they'd still pay everybody. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, so here's the money. We're going to pay everyone. And then what's left over goes to the Special Olympics. Right. When this was like your studio time goes to the Special Olympics, like everything, like everyone's doing this for free, basically. Well, so. the last thing I'll say before, because I'm going to do, I say we do, I'll do one more and then we'll close out with one more each after that. Um, but sure. Um, the, like we always talk about cover songs and how it's best when a band really makes it their own. When you compare yeah. the Vandals version to the No Doubt, you know, there's horns, actual bells, yeah. uh, and just like the, the way they just structured it different. Because the Vandals is just your standard kind of three chord punk kind of thing. And it's fine. It's still a great version. Uh, but I do also find myself listening to the No Doubt version more. The No Doubt that might be one of their best songs. Period. Oh, hundred percent. Like you know, No Doubt. Yeah, they're a ska band, but even like their more ska stuff in the early days wasn't so much ska. It was more. It more like kind of had a new wave. Yeah. Kind of uh, almost like I, I listened to that one self-titled album. That's almost more of almost like a disco vibe on some of those songs. Oh. You know, like it wasn't really ska in the traditional sense. But one of their songs that's like true blue ska is uh, Boy of the World. Yeah. And that's why I think Christmas or no Christmas, I'll listen to that song any time of the year. For sure. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, since I've been playing in the bitter bar this, this last song, I'm going to stay in the bitter yeah. bar. And I'm okay, gonna... I thought you were going to come out and do something happy. No, 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 no. I'm closing. I'm staying in the bitter barn at least this time. Okay. Uh, but I'm going I'm to do the Blink-182, I Won't Be Home for Christmas. It's time again. It's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all year. I'm growing tired of all this Christmas cheer. You people scare me. Please stay away from my home. If you don't want to get me down, just leave the presents and then. It's uh, a ton of fun that yeah. one. I mean, it's yeah. bitter and angry, but it's also very fun at the end of the day. It's um, it was in the Eight Crazy Nights, the Adam Sandler one, and it's honestly, I think of the last like twenty years, I think it's one of Blink's best songs. Yeah, uh, it's 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 you know, I've always said I'm, I know he's back in the band, uh, but I've always preferred the Mark songs to the Tom songs. Yeah. Doesn't even come close. Yeah. You know, that's cool. why I've always said I have like a very much a love hate relationship with Blink 182 because, well, you, you know, I love the Mark Hoppus songs, 
but the Tom song is going to be kind of hit and miss. And this is just some good Mark Hoppus singing. Well, I saw Blink-182 when Tom was out of the band and they replaced him with Matt from uh, Alkaline yeah. Trio. And I thought they yeah. were better for it because I think, A, Matt's a better, <laughs> Matt's a better singer. He's a better guitar player. Uh, and their set was tight. Like, they've always been a good live band. It's just there was no tomfoolery. There was no shenanigans. It was literally just like two, almost two hours of just straight oh good music. And they had fun. Can you imagine like, what those uh, dick jokes are going to sound like now? Oh, God. Hey, guy, Mark, I got warts on my dick, but I got it after I was abducted by aliens for, for 13 years. I did all kinds of experiments over here. Yeah, he's like, hey, Mark. I get weird and dark. Yeah, he's like, hey, Mark, before we play Aliens Exist, I want to tell you a story. And it's just like this long, depressing, like how he was detained by the CIA. It's like, I was Everyone's in asleep. Roswell. Yeah, they're like, like yeah. for God's sake, Tom, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But uh yeah. I won't be home for Christmas. Another kind of it's uh And I should also note that that is a Scott Rayner on the kit song, not yeah. Travis Barker, right? Yeah. So like Travis is in all of like the promotion for that song, all his yeah. picture and everything like that, because they didn't release it until after um Actually, or it didn't become like widely known until after uh, Anima. Sorry, I made a mistake. I forgot. Actually, it was also featured in that Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie. <laughs> I'll be home for Christmas. Yeah, uh, because I yeah. Mean, the sentiment's the same. He didn't want to be home for Christmas because uh, his. I guess it was another one of those. His mom died. Gary Cole remarried too fast, and he <sighs> he was kind of bitter and didn't want to come home. So he right. tried to convince uh, Jessica Biel to go to Cabo with him, but. Uh, Gary Cole bribes him with a Porsche, the rich little entitled brat. And so he, uh, he uh, tries to do his own little planes, trains, and automobiles to get home for Christmas Eve dinner. That was that was one where it's like, we need a Christmas movie. We need it for like the teenage girl audience. Right. Uh, who's available? JTT, he's available. All right, let's do it. Right. That was the, one of those movies. Yeah. Like it's, but it is kind of like that perfect Christmas movie because it's, it's on – it's unoffensive. It's just easy to digest. Yeah. Some hijinks ensue. Yeah. I don't know. And plus, yeah. that was like with uh, Home Improvement ending around the same time. That was like peak JTT. So it's yeah, that was like his last like movie for a while. Really, yeah, yeah, like major movie. Yeah, because he had uh, like his his catalog was like Man of the House. Yeah. Uh, with Chevy Chase, and he had that movie Wild America and, to- and the Adventures. Tom and Huck. Yeah. And that's all I can remember. And then I'll be home for Christmas when he was a little bit older. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, so what, you want to do one more each? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll close it out because we haven't uh, mentioned it yet. What I feel is the greatest Christmas song of all time, and I'll still say it because I was trying to get Freddie to bed the other night and I sang this to him, was uh, Fairy Tale of New York. Yeah. Folks. Christmas Day. Um, oh, it's just such a classic song, and yeah. that you know Shane McGowan, he just sounds like that. It's almost like he wrote that song for his voice because he's a dude in the drunk tank, and when you listen to the vocal, you know he sounds just like a a salty dog who's been 
chugging back the brine a little too long. And uh, Christy McNichol comes in with her very um, it's no Christy, Christy McCall. McCall. Christy, Mc, Christy McNichol is an actress. <laughs> um, Christy McCall. She uh, comes in with her, uh, you know, her like or like really nice voice, but it's got that Irish temper to it. You know, like she's pissed at this guy, yeah. and they play their roles so well. And the big orchestral music at the end when it really picks up. And for whatever reason, I always love that. And the bells were ringing out for Christmas Day. And I listen to it every Christmas Eve before I go to bed. And I just think, yes, Christmas Day is tomorrow. Ah, you know, it's a good feeling. And uh, it's also just a very, again, like what makes songs great is something relatable and like humanistic to it. And, you know, people who like you hear stories of actors or people who wanted to be a writer or a comedian, or a dancer, or whatever. So they move to, like, a big city, like, in New York or in L.A., with, like, nothing in their pocket, right? Mm. And they're, they're sleeping on mattresses, and but, like, someday this world, this city's gonna be mine, you know what I mean? And that's, this is what that is, except it's, like, a young couple that moves in together way too young, and then it's, like, they're, like, they had all these lofty aspirations. They just like, hate each other, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then they're just, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just such a great song. And then uh, Matt Dillon is in the music video for like two seconds. Yeah, and I saw some interview. He said that's like still like one of the most proudest moments of his whole career is being in that music video, even though he's only in there for like two seconds. Well, the other thing too is uh, it's like how it's very human and relatable is because you know it's all sunshine and rainbows when they're like twenty one in New York for the first time, right? I assume they're like that young or something. And then as, yeah. as the years roll on and these people hate each other, it's almost like a metaphor for Christmas itself. Like some people never lose that Christmas spirit and good on them. But the, the older you get, you know, sometimes some people do like the shine is off the apple. You're like, eh, it's just another year. Christmas is fine. You know what I mean? But they're, oh, yeah. So it's it's almost like a relatable at Christmas on multiple layers. It's like an onion. You know, some families are like that, where, where Christmas just becomes like another day of the week, but yeah. I don't know. You know, most of the fun in Christmas isn't even Christmas Day. It's oh, everything leading up to it. Same. You know, like yeah. that's what you kind of learn, the secret of Christmas when you get older. Yeah. You know like, what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll compare it to wrestling. It's like you got a big pay-per-view. You got a big WrestleMania card, and all of the matches on it are awesome. And then in the main event... Uh, I don't know. Brock Lesnar walks out and he squashes the guy in thirty seconds, and that's the main event. Like yeah. that's, that's Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> it's just over. <laughs> oh, okay, that was it. All right. Yeah. yeah. All that build up to that. Okay. Yeah. It, 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 it was, you know, it, it is. Just, it's like when you're a kid, right? And you see, like, obviously, if if your parents are the the people that try to keep, like, we, I could be sixteen years old, almost twenty. And my parents would still, this is all my mom's doing, not my dad. My dad couldn't give a shit. But my mom still tried to keep the bulk of the presents hidden until Christmas. Mm, so it's yeah. like Santa was there. Uh, and, but it's the like, fun of it. And, uh, but even still, like, you know, in the days leading up, like you're having some eggnog or you're watching a Christmas movie and you see a couple presents and you're a kid and you're like, ooh, I wonder what this is. You're shaking yeah. the box or whatever. And it's, it's all this, like, what could be. It's like Chris Farley in, uh, in uh, SNL. <laughs> you you rip open a dream come true. You wake up Christmas morning and you find a stocking filled to the brim with Jack Squat. But yeah, it's because it's like you're on, Christmas is all about the 
excitement and the hype and the you know build up and everything and then it's just like all right life goes on till next yeah. year you know what i mean exactly it's it's just it's this weird feeling that when christmas is over it, it well that's the other weird thing too you're right it's over really sudden it's always hard to get back to like normal life after christmas yeah you know oh yeah i well, I can't really get drunk at 10 a.m. anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, that's weird. It's not only that. Yeah. It's not only that. It's like, you know, all month, like maybe even between after for us after Halloween, for the Americans after American yeah. Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? There's a slight buildup of tolerance and goodwill and understanding and patience. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's like on another day, oh, that guy cut me off. If this was... Two, uh, this is three weeks from now. You best believe I'd be driving up to that yeah. motherfucker with a tie on. But Don't you hold yourself back because it's Christmas. Yeah, and then like literally that yeah. it's like December twenty sixth. You pick up the phone. Hey Phil, you know how you uh, took the last uh, cup of coffee at uh, the office? Fuck you, you piece of shit! I'll yeah. see you. I'll see you at work. I'll fuck you know what? out. You know what I mean? I told you about that guy in England. Now they say this is staged because this is this guy, this bloke, yeah. who. Uh, he wrote a song called Christmas Every Day. So he now celebrates Christmas Every Day. Yeah. And it's actually really funny because like they showed pictures of him. He's kind of a big fat guy from, like running down to the tree <laughs> this morning. He has a gift. Like, his house stays decorated all year round. He, he buys himself a gift every day that he opens on Christmas, you know, every morning. Uh, he eats a turkey dinner every night. And uh, it was, like, well, like, on the show I watched, like his daughter brought over this woman. And like, this is like in the middle of like August. Like this woman for him to have dinner with. But of course he wanted to have it at his house. She's like, no, I won't I want you to actually sleep with this woman. She's not gonna want to be with you if she sees your house. And of course. They do it at his house and it was it was like Bill Dotree when uh, he had that it was the same thing. Like this woman wanted to get the hell out of there. Oh, they so broke out his guitar and sang her a bunch of Christmas carols in August. You know? I was thinking about the King of the Hill episode where Bill had like the Santa's like little winter. Oh wonderland. yeah, she's like, oh, you're still doing this, <laughs> and he's got this like ratty Santa suit that he never washes. It's like yeah. everything's turning brown. Yeah, uh, it's like uh, like I know church people, and uh, they they post memes and stuff where it's like. Uh, it's like how you feel walking out of uh, like church that day, and everyone's like hugging, and then it's like, and like as soon as like that you pull out, someone cuts you in the parking lot. The next picture, it's like fucking piece of shit. Yeah, like all that, like what you just learned in in the sermon goes out the window. It's like till next yeah. Monday. So it's like I don't know. People could really take a learn a lesson from Christmas and just like you know keep some of that tolerance and goodwill and understanding. Yeah. And like I'm not talking about anything like just crazy. It's like you know. Someone cuts you off, just you know, push it down. And this, this is this is coming from the king of like rage. Oh, you're you're you used to call me this, you jerks, McRagerson. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right, Brian. It's nine thirty. I gotta I gotta go upstairs and get my shit together. Hold on, I gotta do my last song. All right, do your last one. <laughs> I just know how you would be. Are this last one's gonna take twenty minutes? It's just it's Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. Run so loud and proud you hear it. It's Christmas time and we got this spirit. Jack was chilling, the hawk is out, and that's what Christmas is all about. The time is now, the place is here, and the whole wide world is filled with cheer. My name's DMC with the mic in my hand, and I'm chilling and cooling just like a snowman. So open your eyes, lend us an ear. We want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! Oh yeah. 
actually, when I did the Christmas video, I, I printed out the lyrics and I had everybody in the office like read a line. And we cut it up to play at the end. Yeah. My God, my workers were some fucking white people. <laughs> no one knew the lyrics. What? Like, no one knew the song. One guy knew the song. It was an old guy who knew it. And then, that was it. Like, I couldn't find anyone who knew the song. And then I had to play it for people. And then when I played it for them, they knew it. But, like, uh, like barely anybody knew this knew the song. But also, riddle me this. Are a lot of the people you work with young? It's a mix. Okay. Cause I, it's, a, it's a good mix. I can see the young people not getting it because Run DMC is not exactly in their wheelhouse. Yeah. But the older people, come on. I know. Come on. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, it was it was fun. I was just watching the video back. I'm like, Jesus, these people are really white. <laughs> hey, don't lump us all in with those honky tonks. I know the song like the back of my hand. Uh, not everyone. Like our, our one guy from Easton, uh, he's he's from India. Uh, uh, he's one of our promotions guys. Did a line, and I was like, oh, <laughs> he, did, he did the best he could, but he didn't channel Run DMC very well. <laughs> Another friend of mine who works there, he's. Uh, so weird. So originally, okay, so he was born in Peru to a Korean family, yeah. and but it was then adopted by a Canadian family. Okay. So he's got a very long way around. So he's like, uh, like his parents were, are both Caucasian, right? But he's Asian, but he's from Peru. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a new one, huh? That's well, something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, it's just, you know, Run DMC, that's just, you know, it's one of the first fusions of a Christmas song turned hip hop. Like, obviously, like we've seen plenty of soul songs that are Christmas songs, but this is one of the first of its kind. And it's light, it's fun, it's happy. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like what we were just talking about. It embodies a lot of that, uh, the goodwill, because, you know, the first line or one of the first lines is where I think it was run was talking about finding that wallet and it, it wouldn't have been right yeah. to steal that wallet. You know what I mean? And, so my favorite thing is about doing this also, Brian, just to show how white everybody was at my office. I'd explain to everybody what ill and illin meant. Oh my God. And I'm not talking shit about my office. I love the people I work with. It's a great work environment. But yes, I had to explain to them, no, no, no. They are not sick. Illin is a good thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Tell these honkies to freaking <laughs> Christmas. Get some rhythm and get some hip-hop knowledge. <laughs> oh, man. It was it was good, though. It worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're yeah. going to wrap it up there. Like... Like I said, I, I have about thirty other songs I could keep yammering on and oh, we part two, but we're we're gonna we might do this again next year, so we'll save that. Uh, but we're not gonna say Merry Christmas just yet because we're gonna do we're gonna try to do a part two hopefully. Uh, try to talk about some Christmas movies. We'll each come with a couple to the table. And we can just go off and SNL sketches and TV special Christmas episodes. Yeah, we'll cover the whole gamut yeah. of everything everything but music. Exactly on Canada. Yeah. FM. yeah. All right, enjoy everybody. 